I saw this Netflix documentary called The Last Blockbuster. And like in the opening preview, they, they talk about how the downfall of Blockbuster was Netflix. So the fact, the fact that that documentary is on Netflix about how it took down this tycoon of the industry, Blockbuster, something we all have a, a huge sentimental value with, is the most gangster shit I have ever seen slash heard in terms of something related to a documentary or a streaming service. All right, let's let's get this one started. Go go grab a drink for this one. So I did want to start this episode with a a follow-up. Uh, last week I talked about the phone call situation and I was I was joking around and likening it to going to the dentist and they say, did you floss? And then uh, you're like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Lying through your teeth, pun intended. But then of course there's like a pool of blood, and, you know, all that stuff, like a carry scene. And I, I just want to point out, first off, joking. But the second thing too is that uh, we were trying these different contact attempts in digital form because this is 2021. But more recently we've been doing uh, very targeted phone calls. That is for sure the new focus right now. And I want to point out that there are certain admin that are claiming that we are lying about our call logs. And I can tell you straight up, I don't know who that may be, uh, but it's it's definitely not fun doing those. And I'm starting to think, like when I ask around, when I call these parents, and I'm like, have you heard from anybody else? They have not mentioned anybody that is a non-teacher giving them a call, except for our security staff who is doing attendance-related calls. Now, we know the big issue. It is not just attending school, which is what everyone seems to care about if they are not a teacher, because uh, they assume that that means the kid will do something. But the real issue is, of course, engagement, not just logging in and then saying peace out. So that's been fun. Uh, but a follow-up to that. <laughs> I had a lovely phone call where, and again, I, this is a parent that I have contacted before. I've had two or three of this particular parent's kids uh, over the years. And when I'm trying to just go over, like your student is uh, failing almost all of his classes and all that stuff, and I get the usual, well, he's really smart. He just doesn't try, doesn't try, he doesn't care, blah, 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 blah. Okay, same shit I always hear every day. He starts to ask me about schools opening or or staying closed, asking like, isn't this, aren't these safety precautions that the district is waiting, or the unions are waiting for, isn't it overkill? Like, I mean, no, I don't think so. I mean, and his his big response, his big retort there was, well, I haven't, in my experience, I haven't seen any, any COVID over the past year. And right there, alone, trying to reference just your, or in your experience, quote unquote, is the most egocentric, closed-minded shit I've ever heard. Not to mention, as he's saying all of this, and I again, I wanted to keep this to like a two to three minute call. I usually ask the parents ahead of time, you have two to three minutes to chat real quick? And they say yes or no. And then we, we dive into it. This was like a 15 minute call. And I spoke for maybe three of it. <laughs> One fifth of that call. Yikes. We're talking like, 10% of that call was me, 90% was this guy. And granted, seems like a nice guy. I disagree with him. 
But when it, it gets to the point where you are basically saying, like, I don't understand what my kids don't work well online and stuff like that. And you guys won't let them come back in. And this is overkill. And this is ridiculous. And it's, it's causing all these issues for them. And, and they don't try because they're blah, blah, blah. Clearly, my name is Ryan. But this man is convinced that I am Mayor Lori Lightfoot in disguise. And also CPS, Chicago Public Schools, CEO Janice Jackson and Chicago Teacher Union President Jesse Sharkey in disguise as one human being. Like, I've got, I've, seriously, I've got enough authority on when we open or stay closed or what the, the stipulations of reopening. I have about as much pull as a cashier at Walmart. <laughs> as, as a cashier at Walmart has pull on what the cost of your strawberries are in aisle two. About as much pull as an Amazon delivery driver and the shitty things that Amazon does to its other workers around the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, clearly I make the rules because I'm the one on the ground just trying to teach your kid and you're trying to complain to me about something that I've got no... It Like, great. Teachers were the first line of defense, for lack of a better term, although it did feel like defense in this case. But uh, we're usually the ones that are bloody through the wall because we're the ones that are dealing with the public. And by the public, I mean... The parents, uh, obviously the students more often than not, uh, were that first line before the main office people or the administrative people, whatever it may be. But, oh my God. And, you know, it was already, and, and Katie was in the room too. And like she could tell, there's, luckily there's a mute feature on iPhones. Because when I tell you the amount of times I was hard sighing, like, <sighs> based on what this guy was saying to me, it's absurd how much. Any, again, anytime someone says, in my experience, you are just neglecting what, like, legitimately, a dozen of my own students and slash or their family members have gotten COVID, have died of it, or have serious health complications as a result. So when I, when I decide to respond, like when you ask me a question, do you think it's overkill? Well, first off, why are we assuming that, like anything that's, safety and cleanliness related. Why is any of that ever considered overkill? Like, like, do you ask the dishwasher at the restaurant? Like, you know, isn't it, you know, germs are good for you, right? Like Dwight Schrute says you should sneeze on my toast or whatever so I can get more antibodies because I'm exposed to it. Like, do you really have to wash my fork? I bet you have a, you're the first person to complain if that fork has even a smudge on it. But for some reason in the schools where teachers and students are exposed to stuff, oh, it's overkill now. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see the problem with this? But also just the fact that you're saying, like, if I come at you with a response saying, no, I don't think it is overkill. I also have a lot of serious concerns. As someone in the building, you're asking me, in this case, I am the one with the experience. I'm the one that's on the ground. I've been in the building. I don't have confidence they can keep it, well, one, safe and clean, but also keeping the students in a safe, what do you call it? situation like with their masks and with their distancing and all that stuff what happens if someone fights what happens if someone comes without a mask and they refuse to put it on and then we've got nowhere to put them can we put them on the street that seems bad if i'm giving you that in my like you're asking me as the educator in the building you're asking is the school going to be like is this too much or too little and you're going to respond to all of that experience that direct experience that you don't have and your response is well in my experience that's just as bad as when he told me that the six-foot social distancing is all bullshit 
and it doesn't matter, and there are no such thing as droplets. What? Ah! So needless to say, I was in a great mood that day. But again, if you are a non-teacher and you're listening to this, just please remind yourself, your friends, your colleagues, your, your, your student, whatever, we don't make that decision. Okay? This is a, another issue that was pointed out in the teacher hate video, by the way, bit.ly slash teacher hate, where it's like, we're of course the bad guy because it's all the, that's the only person they see. But also we're the first person that's like, hey buddy, remember when I was a dick to you in March? Well, my kid hasn't done shit since then. You mind passing them through? You know, they're really smart. They just didn't try at all this year. And by the way, we, we also have to do these new things. Uh, if we have more than 50% of our class that is failing, which is scarily enough in our school, at least, and in a lot of schools on the South Side, very common, we have to also do these action plans because we don't have enough planning and logistics and <laughs> other, other little administrative tasks to worry about. Now we have to have an action plan for these classes to say how we're going to fix it. So basically, teacher, you've got no time, but you've got to do these million things. And uh, what we need you to do is pause because remember, you got to work within that 6.25 that is definitely accurate and no one works outside of those 6.25 hours per day. But we need you to stop and, and tell us what you're doing. We're like, well, don't you have the, the contact logs that we have and the interventions that are put in gradebook? Well, no, but we want it in one place because we want more work for you and we want to be able to see it so we can cover our asses to our bosses. Meanwhile, you've already been doing it, but we don't want to put in the, the grunt work to actually go and find the grades, the attendance, and the contact attempts from the teacher. Am I a little cynical on this one? Let's, let's jump to something else. So um, I, I had my, my first, uh, they call it the summits. It's my first PD that I've been, professional development that I've been to in a while. And uh, well, for, I've got a couple things. <laughs> Anytime someone has more than two opening moves, it, it drives me, me insane. Like it, this, this, this whole PD started off with like a, with your permission, I'd like to start this session of this learning among us fellow educators and clinicians. What? What do you mean with your permit? We're here. It's eight in the morning. Get started so we can leave by 3.30. We don't want to be here. Some of my students in, in my eighth period specifically, because uh, they heard that I was gone, they, they were like commenting, being like, you're not going to be here in the afternoon. I was like, no, unfortunately. But I was like, this is my worst nightmare. Like, they were like, this is, you know, we were sad that you're, you're leaving us. I was gone for two days last week. It was, I was gone Tuesday, Thursday. So I was there Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like a nice little uh, leapfrog hopscotch. And uh, they were like, oh man, you're always leaving us. And I was like, if it makes you feel any better, this meeting is my nightmare. <laughs> to their, which they retort, by the way, was funny. They were like, we'll see, that's what you get for leaving us. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, with your permission, and it all just seems too performative. Like, this person that's leading the session saying, like, we want to start by, you know, acknowledging the, the original landowners of the land we are all currently sitting on in Chicago. Like, you get, we get it. But first off, by the way, it was, it was a, a social studies team. We get, we know the history. You don't have, why? Performative. So the first, like, hour was the most useless shit ever because it's basically, my number one pet peeve is when people share the beauty. And not that there's not anything wrong with sharing what you do in your classroom. But I think history teachers specifically have a really bad habit of when they try to describe the amazing things that they're doing, whether it's the task or whatever, they love to give you like the, well, we're studying the Renaissance period and how that really, it's parked from 
from Reconstruction, really. And, and you know, it's really, it's a, a, it's a subject of the system, right? First off, the right, comma, comma, right, question mark thing. But they go too far into the content area. And I understand that you get excited sometimes, but can you just jump to what you're trying to say and not, not give us the three-hour explanation of the beautiful scope and sequence you've created in your, your history class? We get it. But what made me laugh is that someone with the most monotone voice, this is me being an asshole right now, I realize that, saying, uh, when they asked us, like, how do you engage your students during this time? How do you make them feel, feel safe and welcome and uh, give them an environment that fosters uh, educational inquiry, which she had a hard time saying. She kept saying inquiry, which drove me up a wall. But this person goes, I use humor with my students to ensure that they feel comfortable and natural. Like, all right, robot. Like, they, they didn't, I'm embellishing, of course. But saying like, oh I, oh, I use humor. Like, okay, so you have no personality from what I'm gathering based on what you're saying. With your permission, I'd like to comment and state that it seems like if you're using the phrase, I utilize the strategy of humor with my students, you probably aren't funny in the first place. Let's just start there. But also, personality, zilch. So, again, this is me, this is me firing off. Maybe it's because it's Sunday right now that I'm recording this, which is not my ideal time to record. Uh, or, or the fact that I was already really overworked with all the going back and forth and planning and all that stuff, and then this PD takes me out of it. And they had very strict guidelines for uh, remote PD etiquette. And by the way, may, someone please make a drinking game out of a, a PD when you're doing it from the school's Wi-Fi. Because the Wi-Fi at the school is garbage compared to the Wi-Fi I have at home. So it'll be like, so we just want to open up with this session and, do, 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 do. and then it jumps a little bit. They're like, with your permit. And that's basically what we're going to do in this session today. And you're like, what did I miss in between right there? It's almost like you hope it doesn't like stop on like a, like a really bad out of context thing. All right, so first we're going to forget. And you're like, oh, that's not what I thought he was going with that. Everyone listening is probably like, what is, are my speakers going? No, your speakers are great. I'm just out of my mind. But someone, make a drinking game out of... Whenever you have some sort of bad connection because you're on the shitty school Wi-Fi, uh, the, the things that you could potentially hear, or of course the people that still, which we were using Google Meet for the PD, and Google Meet is what we use for, for remote learning. So even if you went back, you still did the entire first half of the year on Google Meet. <laughs> there's, still, there's still people that have no clue how to use it. Like they don't know how to turn off their, uh, turn off their microphone. Uh, they don't realize that that angle that gives them a quadruple chin is not charming. <laughs> and like little things where it's like, shouldn't you know at this point? Or, or, or if they send you a link in the chat, there's always that one person that goes, wait, where's the, where's the document we're working out of? I don't know. where is, Can someone help? I'm sorry. Where are you? And there's, can you just, just follow? They were very clear. These pe- I might be giving them shit, but these people were very clear. They were very nice about it. And there's always that question where it's like, it, we could, Chalk it up to a, a poor Wi-Fi connection, sure. But there's always that one question where you can tell the PD person has to physically reset their body. You know what I mean? Either because they, they ask something completely unrelated or something just absolutely ludicrous. Um, but that, that's, that's just me, uh, personally. But I already I go into PDs with kind of a, a bad attitude. I got to work on that, to be honest with you. I feel like most people do, though. 
I mean, I like uh, Katie was like, well, shouldn't you put your your webcam on because you know what it's like to talk to a room with just <laughs> webcams off and it's just you. I was like, no, their job is to run this PD. They should get a realistic <laughs> experience. I'm going to give them a taste of not their own medicine. It's the student's medicine. But this is this is my day off of camera. I don't need to like I got a hat on hoodie. I don't have to look good. And so I'm not gonna. And, and also, it, it couldn't handle it when I moved over to the school uh, for the afternoon session to get ready for coaching, of course. Uh, it, it could barely handle it, even with my microphone and camera off, because it's pulling all this data, and it, it's not designed for that. It's a, a shitty, this, probably the lowest band of Wi-Fi. And then they expect us, when we go in person, they expect us to teach to kids remotely using Wi-Fi, teach to the kids that are in person, and they're also probably using Wi-Fi and also every other human being that's not in our classroom is going to be on Wi-Fi. Meanwhile, there's like 10 people in the building right now, including myself when I go there, and it can't handle that. So what I'd like to do is actually introduce a new segment that we're going to call Student Confessions. Admittedly, when I was a student, I was not the greatest. So this is a chance in student confessions to admit, own up to, and apologize for the things that we did that were terrible to our K-12 teachers. So if you also would like to send in, maybe you have your own student confession or you have your own student apology to a past teacher, whoever it may be. If you're someone that, for example, maybe you got into teaching because you were like, I could do a better job than that person, which is very common to hear. Email in or, or reach us on uh, social media. So it's either at Classroom Brew, no spaces, or classroombrew at gmail.com. First confession. When I was a kid, I thought that an ambulance could pull you over because it also had like sirens and lights at the top. And I, I was basically, I was generalizing the sirens and lights. But my parents, they were like, well, no, only police officers can do that. And I was thinking, well, but you know, I mean, it's a safety thing. So maybe an ambulance to be like preemptive, they can give you a ticket for speeding because you know, they've got to save the life of the person you could kill or yourself. And they were like, no, basically an ambulance is someone who wants to help people. And I still think about that today when it comes to police brutality, where the, and the whole like hiding with like the incognito cop car type of thing. I still think about that. So that, that's a quick little confession. How, how dumb was I to think that as long as you had lights and sirens, but it makes sense, right? But no, that's, that's, the, that's legitimately the explanation that, well, no, the, the ambulance is designed to help people. That's what they said. Which I'm sure any anyone that hears that out of context sounds really bad. I'm obviously kidding. Uh, there are obviously police officers that are trying to help people. Just obviously bad apples out there, but let's move on because it's a really hot topic issue. So we don't want to get into that because it's going to be really bad and polarizing for people. So anyways, confession number two, which is subsequently our last one for today. I still think about that teacher when I was in elementary school, but there was also one when I worked in the hospital that liked to have a little a sign on their lanyard. And the same thing, like the lanyard with the, the keys, you knew they were coming by. So I guess this is a two-parter. I want to apologize to any teacher that was probably trying to catch us doing something wrong. But I heard that key because it's hitting against your chest as you're walking by. Just like the mo like a bell on a cat. So you kind of know where they are in the house at all times. But there's, I, I, I just want to, to point out and, and apologize for, for any teacher that I made fun of because... They had signs on their lanyards saying like, quiet please. And I thought it was ridiculous that they were basically pointing to their midsection saying, 
read this sign that's on my body because it's too much for me to say it. And I laughed every time when I was a student, in my head and sometimes out loud, and I apologize. So that's student confessions, which serves as a, and again, if you want to send in your own student confessions or your own, uh, your own apologies for your past behavior, we're all, of course, doing this in good fun. Uh, these don't have to be like legitimate, uh, deep, dark, secret confessions, of course. Uh, but we'll, uh, we can look too. I, po- I posted this on Instagram. Uh, so we've got, of course, a couple. So one of them, and I'll keep these anonymous. I was a goody two-shoes. I wish I told more teachers to fuck off. It's actually a good one. That's a good confession. It's a very good uh, K-12 through student confession. So again, at Classroom Brew on social media or classroombrew at gmail.com. This seems like a great opportunity for us to jump right in, because why not, right? To our Comment Hero of the Week. Welcome to the Comment Hero of the Week. When someone's being an ass in the comment section, but they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. What's going on is you failed fucking social studies. Or when you see someone call that person out, they are our comment hero of the week. Yeah! Even though some heroes do call out those idiots, remember, don't call out a comment hero in the comment section. You can't fix them, and you can't fix stupid. So our comment hero for this week, there were a lot of them. Uh, This is from NBC Chicago, uh, stating that Chicago Public Schools school calls DCFS, so like we're talking Child Protective Services, not to be confused with CPS. A lot of people say uh, CPS and they don't refer to the district, they refer to, it's a problem, of course, but DCFS, after 10-year-old student was picked up seven minutes late. (sighs) Now, to be honest, when I look at the article, I'm sure it's a little bit out of context, too. Maybe this is like a repeat time for it. Uh, maybe there's been a, a continual issue with this parent, uh, or maybe there's a serious problem where like this was obviously an overreaction. <clears throat> what I'm going to do though, is, is I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the, the, the parent, like seven minutes, like, all right, like, do we really need to like, okay, if it's a repeat thing, I'm sure there's a good reason. Maybe they are also, some people in the comments are saying maybe she's a teacher too. Someone said they are. And there are people that are, are genuine comment heroes in here saying like, uh, parents are people, they're not enemies. This is taking resources and time from kids and workers who really need it. So Brittany S., you're a legitimate comment hero, the, the non-asshole version, you're doing great. But our, our comment hero, the number one is Keisha G. I made that last part up because she has a very distinct last name, so I put the G in as a fake one, uh, who decided to point out, and this is clearly someone that doesn't agree with the remote uh, working from home thing, that uh, she's a teacher working remotely. Imagine if she were in person. This probably wouldn't be a problem. Way to go, CPS. So, you know, again, I don't know if, you know, maybe it's because you're, you're frustrated by your own parent situation. Uh, we're not going to look into uh, Keisha G. That's, of course, her alias. Uh, it is for sure messed up, but way to, way to make it. Again, you're not doing anything better than someone that's blaming this parent in the first place. Uh, I think a lot of people are are coming to the aid of this parent. This is obviously ridiculous, and hopefully DCFS uh, throws it away. Uh, But it's amazing that someone decided to make it political. Like, I don't understand your level of stupidity or why you have to make everything political, but I admire admire your dedication to it. I really do. Now, someone else is pointing out it is CPS policy. I understand that. I'm sure there's, you know, 
there's kind of, you got, especially, this is the new normal. Like, can we just provide a little bit of gray area here? Like, give them a window. Uh, a lot of people are saying give, give them a window. But, you know, just anyone that wants to make it political, just get fucked. Okay? That's, we'll just, we'll leave it at that. That's, you know, because it, it's a hot button issue. People are going off in the comments. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to side with the, the teacher parent here. The parent slash teacher in this case, seven minutes is, of course, ridiculous. But way to go to our comment hero, our, our asshole comment hero, for deciding to make it political and still find a way to blame the teachers. Again, as if we are also all as teachers. Mayor Lori, Lori Lightfoot, that's a mouthful. Janice Jackson, CEO of Chicago Public Schools, or Jesse Sharkey. Because, you know, again, we, again, as much authority, as much authority as an Amazon driver has with different marketing level decisions being made at Amazon. Let's be real. Well, I think that's about it for this week. Uh, we're still going to play our, our Patreon dedication song if you want to be a part of that. If you want to uh, have your name added, we'll have to update, get a new song going if that happens. But our very soulful performance by yours truly. Uh, we'll come in at the end of the episode uh, for a little while here. Uh, but if you want to get some bonus content, including behind-the-scenes content, the video podcast episodes, uh, and, and some behind-the-scenes stuff, and uh, episodes that are only available on Patreon, uh, so exclusive episodes to Patreon, go to patreon.com slash classroombrew. It helps me out. That's how you can also get the koozies and shot glasses and coasters and things like that. And we're trying to expand, do some more merch-related items, of course. Uh, and that's me sending those out. So, again, patreon.com slash classroombrew. Huge shout out to our current Patreon members. I appreciate you. Your names will be in the, the post episode shout out dedication thing, whatever you want to call it. So uh, enjoy that. But email me classroombrew at gmail.com or at classroombrew on social media. Give us a good rating and review to, so we can set off that asshole that wasn't actually listening to the podcast but just didn't like something that I said. They got a little bit butt hurt, and that's okay. We can't force anybody to get an enema. So until next week, thanks so much for all your support and listening in. And until then, class dismissed. But that's Minnesota Leo Sanchez Got a lot of land He's been on the pod It was really grand He's teaching in person During COVID Sabrina Bachman From Ohio Teaches French class But I don't remember French Sorry for my teacher who taught me French You were really cool, but that was years ago This dude beat cancer Getting real strong He posted on the gram He's a real bad ass James Biner James Biner That's fucking right, James Biner Sandy Montoya from California Lazy Teacher Podcast, that's a bad look Definitely not lazy, big time podcast fan Melinda Bradley, 
Melinda Bradley. She's from Florida. More PPE for her staff photo. That's Melinda. Melinda Bradley. Melinda Bradley. Classroom crew. Check it out on Patreon.com. 